For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 72. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am tired. I'm so tired and it's my own damn fault. What'd you do? I stayed up late last night because I couldn't fall asleep. So it's post new year's the other night where the second today happy new year's to everyone um i fell asleep while my son was watching his like five minutes of ipad time before bed fell asleep out cold within five oh minutes less than five minutes at night though my wife always watches friends or something some show to put on while she's while she falls asleep and she always falls asleep i couldn't for the life of me fall asleep I watched like six episodes of Friends, and the only thing that made me stop was her, her laptop dying. Oh. It was like 12.30 by the time it died, and I wake up at 6.15 in the morning. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? It's like an addiction. I, I couldn't let it no, go. Well, Friends is a good show. I know you have like your takes on shows, so you probably hate it, but I love Friends, so I could definitely get into one of those kicks. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm tired today, but that's about it. It's my own fault. Again, my own fault. Un- understandable. Myself, I am getting over a cold, so if you sound- hear the sound of my terrible voice, I apologize right now. I'm going to bear through this episode and the mailbag, which we do right after that, but I'm excited to talk some New York Islanders hockey with you, Mitch. Do you have an addition for us? We can go eat four ways, four ways right. on this. We can go edition bow. Because he used to wear number 72. That's who you were alluding to True. last week that I completely forgot. We could even go current Chicago Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Culleton, Ooh, who wore number okay. 72 for Good the one. Isles. Good one. We can go former Philadelphia Flyers general manager and Los Angeles Kings' former assistant general manager, Ron Hextall, who in 94 Ooh. wore number 72. These are some good ones. Or we can go with Matthew Schneider, who wore 72 from 94, 95 to 96. Who do you want? I'm still going to go with Bo because I love Bo yeah. and Bo has fun because he writes it on a stick. He writes it on a stick. He gets slapped in the face by <laughs> That's Leo. That's my favorite. Like, what is that? They're just like, 
bandying slaps around like crazy that people. is still my favorite video or, or gif of this year <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be topped i really don't no i certainly don't and that video that we're talking about was actually from mm. the Islanders game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mitch. And I know we talk about all the games on the Patreon, so if you're not already subscribed, please make sure that you do subscribe at patreon.com slash eyes on Isles, where we do all the post-game shows for five bucks a month. But I want to talk more specifically about this game on the regular show just because of the significance of it and going up against John Tavares and the way that the Islanders played. So, Wherever you want to start with this conversation, Mitch, the floor is yours. Um, let's go from even before puck drop and how we weren't necessarily looking forward to it. We were looking forward to the idea of playing him, but the, the, the closer we got to puck drop, the more anxious we became, I believe. I, I think I'm speaking for both of us, but I, I'm truly speaking for myself. No, I agree because... I saw recently, I guess it was probably last week when we did the mailbag, there was a question on uh, John Tavares where it was like, since that game is coming up, what were your favorite memories or moments or something to that effect? And it got me thinking about that game. And then ever since then, as the sooner and sooner they got, agreed, the more anxious I got. And yeah, sure, I want to be all like, hey, John Tavares, this and that. But it certainly brought back the old emotions of... July 1st and the days before that the whole anxiety of waiting is he going to sign is he going to sign what's going to happen and we were starting to feel that again as the Islanders were getting set to play him for the first time yeah well and it's just like the feelings again of going he's a really damn good player and so there's visions of him in your mind and then there's Austin Matthews and his bajillion goals and then there's Mitch Marner and you're going Oh my God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And then they did the damn thing. They destroyed them. It was the most beautiful, beautiful, dismantling destruction I've ever seen live in my life. Oh, it's like the dissection at school, but you're acing it as you go. You don't even know how you're doing this. You're like, yes, I'm killing this thing. Not literally killing it, but killing it as in you're getting A's on yeah, it. Yeah, like you're doing everything perfectly. And I think that's what we were talking about that night when we spoke was how well everything went. It couldn't have gone any better than what happened that night. It was poetic justice that it was Matthew Barzell scoring a hat trick, his second career hat trick against John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Perfection. And it wasn't even just that. That was a huge part of it. Obviously, within eight and a half minutes or eight minutes, I said, I think it is, um, in that second period, hat trick. So boom, boom, boom. Goals. Deflection. Slapped on the power play. Wrists are right through the goalie. And you're going, holy Hannah, what is happening? It's just, and then the the, the perfect defensive play. John Tavares was anonymous the entire game. He had that one play, sorry, the one play in the third period where he had a good push towards the net, and then Scott Mayfield buried him in the net. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think that was in the third I'm period. I'm pretty sure you're right. Correct me if I'm wrong on, on what period that is, but he just buries him in the yeah, net. Yeah, and credit to Matthew Barzell, who threw the body around a little bit and hit him, too. Yes, right in the first period, just took the body right to Tavares, like, it ain't happening for you tonight, buddy. It ain't happening for you t- tonight. It's not happening for you on the 28th of February. And when do they play again? Is it in March? It is in April, no, I'm February. pretty sure. It's like one of the last games right. of the year. Third last, third from last. Is that how you say it? The 1st of April they okay. play at the, at the Coliseum again. 
oh, just just absolute perfection. Robin Leonard shutout. Just everything went absolutely perfectly. It, Barry Trotz's 782nd career coaching victory. Just everything lined up perfectly. It was cathartic. It felt good to finally like stuff it to those Maple Leaf trolls who were like, oh, well, what arena do you play in for nothing? Uh, well, he didn't want to play with you for nothing. Well, um, you don't have a playoff. You only have one playoff w- victory in the last 23 years for nothing. <laughs> Just shove it every time, Steve Dangle. Bam, bam. <laughs> wow. Someone is very upset at Steve Dangle. Nah, it's fine. He was he was fine in his video. It's just at the end when he's like he gets salty, and you're like, ah, whatever. You needed to do for views. It's fine. I I get it. I get it. As as a fan, I I get it. It's just when he's got a platform and and he's like feeding the masses. You're just kind of like, well, it's not fair. But yeah, you know, I get it. It's fine. Well, Mitch, we have our own platform. This is what this is all about here, Mitch. <laughs> We're doing our own thing over here, and I gotta say, we gotta be pretty happy with not only how. The team is playing, but how they handled an emotional game. And I think you got to give credit to Barry Trotz, too, because he was really hyping him up before the game. And he was saying, like, look, th- that guy, he didn't want to play with you. He chose to He chose to leave. You go out there. He kills puppies. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. That's kind of the extent of what he was doing. Talk about bulletin board material. So I got to give credit to Barry Trotz, who has done a phenomenal job so far. Just absolute gamesmanship on that like and then coming back like well Tavares is an exceptional professional he's a great player in this league he hates your guts specifically just talking like Macho Man and Randy Savage would and would say and did you see after the game I saw this was a story but I I didn't see it much on Isles Twitter I found it somewhere else actually the Islanders actually presented Tavares with uh, a framed captain thing yeah, good move by them. It's a classy move by the organization, but I don't care. I don't care. I kind of like it. It's kind of like, hey, we're fine without you. We just beat you for nothing, and oh, yeah, here's a consolation prize. Is it, though? Is it, It's just kind of like, I guess so. It's like, here's something that we have to do. Hope you like it, John. See you later. I get it. It's fine. I, I have nothing. I have no feelings either. I have a lot of feelings against it. Just so much as like, why does that guy need anything? But like, whatever, it's fine. Right. Like the video tribute thing is going to be tough because I'm 99. Yeah, they're going to do, do it. it. Yeah, I don't think they should, but they're like Travis Hamnick and deservedly so. He he got one when he came back. Matt Martin got a, a little one. Uh, so different situations, though, yeah, right? But it, it's certainly going to be weird. Franz got one, didn't he? Uh yeah, he absolutely did. And that was kind of the same situation. They gave him a contract extension. Or they offered him one, as far as I remember. Uh, it may not have been a good one, but they still gave him one, and he said no thanks. Yeah, I don't think there was. I don't so. think we were that as mad at Franz Nielsen, though. Well, we definitely weren't mad at Franz. And, uh, to be fair, the Islanders Garcon left it to the eleventh hour to give him said extension, if I remember correctly. Um, but th- it was still done. So, like in in terms of the auspice of the general statements around this situation, they're kind of the same. In they he he was offered a deal to stay and he didn't take it. He said he wanted to go somewhere to win. This is what he said on TSN Radio to James Duffy. So, <laughs> and it, we we were mad and rightfully so because Franz is a different type of player than Tavares, and Tavares prolonged the entire thing. 
right? And, and it wasn't we were going up to Franz every day, like, so Franz, are you going to sign? Franz, do you want to stay? Franz, how about a contract update? We weren't doing that. But with Tavares, we and everyone else under the sun who followed the NHL was doing that. So it's, it, it is a different situation in that regard, but it's the same in so much as he wanted, he, he, he wanted to leave. Yeah. And he got a tribute. So you know Tavares is going to get one. That's all I'm, I'm bringing this back, and that's the only reason I'm making these, these bridges of similarities is just to say that you know they're going to give him a tribute. You know they're going to do that. Yeah, and that's certainly going to be part of the mayhem that is February 28th. Or... Yeah. And it's not going to be a long one. It's going to be like a 10-second thing between period one and period, like on, during period one at the first like commercial t- TV timeout. That's all it's going to be. Yeah, probably, right? But the booze are going to be raining down throughout the entire thing. The second he touches the puck, they're going to boo him and, and all night long. And they should. We should. We absolutely should. I don't, but what do, they, what do they do, though? Because usually they go to the camera, right, and put the camera on Tavares after that. What's he going to do? Wave to the crowd? Yeah, he will. <laughs> he will. And they will boo him. And they will boo. That That's what it'll be. Like, the, the preview, if there was, like, a Morgan Freeman narrator, it'd be like, and Tavares stood up, and they booed. Oh, did they boo? Because that's it's just gonna rain down, and decibels of like deafening clouds of boo is gonna go on. It's gonna be amazing. And you finally had your Coliseum experience, so you know what that could potentially be like—the levels of loudness. <laughs> I know how loud it can get, and I can only imagine how loud it'll be for that. Yeah, so that's gonna be a fun one for sure. I don't know if I'm—I might make it out for that one, but if not, I'm sure we'll hear it on TV. Yeah, I don't think I can make it out. My finances are not in, um, in a position to spend a thousand dollars to get there. Sorry. If I, if I had to spend a hundred dollars to get a ticket, I'd be there in a second, but it's 10 times different circumstances. It's like what an eight hour drive for you. It's like a 10 minute drive for me. Yeah. It's an eight hour drive one way. Oh, Oh. And then Airbnb. Anyways, it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But it's a whole thing. Bottom line here, Mitch, I think we hit on it. Could not have went any better against the Maple Leafs, a game that I don't know if we were dreading, but certainly, weren't necessarily looking forward to. It was, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety because it could have gone either way. And if they had lost it for nothing, oh boy. Like if they lose in, in the, at the Coliseum, which I don't think they will, like if they're going to get up for this game, they're going to get up for the Coliseum game and it'll be hard for them not to win that one. Um, but the Toronto crowd would have been insufferable. Yeah, like think if it was reversed, like the Maple Leafs exactly. win four nothing, and Tavares is the one with the hat trick. That I mean, we might just have to shut the blog down. Just, call it, call it a day. Just kill me now. Just gun to my head. Just it's it's over. Like I'll I'll never hear the end. My phone would be dead for months trying to catch up to all the text <laughs> messages and tweets I'd be getting. Yeah, no, I don't think we could handle that. So certainly better that it went the way that it did and that Matthew Barzell went off and speaking of Barzell I think that should lead into our next topic that he is absolutely Mm -hmm. on fire right now Mitch he is a man possessed and he is finding the back of the net finally huge he has nine points in his last five games and seven goals Seven of them are goals. This is a guy who had 63 assists last year, and he's got seven goals in his last five games. Sure enough, three of those came in that one game against Toronto. But again, that's Toronto. That's true. It's It still means something. It's a huge deal. But he is having those multi-point games again, and he's on, what, a mm-hmm. four-game point streak? Five-game point streak. 
And since uh, he's put up a point against Vegas on the 20th, so one, two, three, four, five. Oh, five games in a row, he's five got a point. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So and, and that's not considering the two two-point nights he had before Vegas, uh, before Colorado. Like, the, the guy has been putting up points pretty consistently since the beginning of December, since Detroit. He's got a point there. So that's 10 games. In his last 10 games, I'm going to do this as quickly as sure. possible. That's six plus a nine, 15 points in his last 10 games. Yeah, that's great. That's a point and a half per game on average since December. Sign me up. That's insane. Sign me up for that. He's starting to get back to his point per game pace. He's got 36 and 38 now. He's on pace for 22 goals again, which is right where he was last year. So that's good. I think we're happy as long as he's eclipsing the 20 goal mark, right? Yeah, I, I'd be happy even if he gets a little bit less. Like if he gets like 18 point uh, goals and like 87 points, I don't really care. Um but, yeah, you'd like to see him hit 20, 30 goals. I'd like to see him like a Tavares situation, you know, 35 goals and 40 assists or something like that. Or 35 and 35 like Tavares has done. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to get to that level of goals, but that's something we're going to have to see down the line for sure. Um we had him at – we do have a bet. If you an avid listener of the show, you do know. Do you think he hits the 90 points? Yes, I'm I do. still I'm still very <laughs> yes, confident. I, I think he's hitting his stride and I think he's gonna have a big second half. Yeah, he's already doing it. He's already doing that. That and we haven't hit the second half yet. Again, fifteen points in ten games, and he's shooting and he's getting in the dirty areas. Again against Toronto, he scored three different ways. A deflection out front from a Johnny Boychuk slap shot. Although like it wasn't really a slap shot, more as a slap pass type thing. Um, a slap shot of his own on the power play, and then a wrist shot on a two-on-one. He was selfish enough. He could have gone for the pass to Bo, but he's like, you know what? I got a better chance of at least getting this on net, and he got it right through Garrett Sparks. Yeah, that was that was beautiful, like you said. And on top of that, to even add more to the accolades, he's now an NHL All-Star officially as of like three hours ago. Yeah, my boy's going to the All-Star game. We know the All-Star game is pretty much meaningless, but it's still nice to have on the resume, and certainly will be fun for him as he won the Calder last year and makes his first All-Star appearance at 21 years old. The game means nothing. Like, Look, he could win a million dollars, though, if he wins you know, MVP of the game, and that's more than his payroll this year. So that's a good incentive for him to perform at three-on-three, which he dominates um, but there's also the idea that he is sure enough if you believe like you said and I, and I believe the same way that the on ice doesn't matter what you do on the ice doesn't necessarily matter but you're still the representative the ambassador for the brand and I'm pointing to the logo on the jersey I'm wearing right now which is the New York Islanders like he is the representation and, and maybe Durs goes with them because he might get voted in as the last man I don't think he does I think it's going to be Baxter um just because, like, who's going in for the Caps? Holtby? Yeah. They're going to want a forward, probably. Um, he's a representative for the Islanders. So he's going to have the, the the crest behind him the entire time and all the, 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 the media pressers and all of the media ops and all of the photobombs and all these other things. And the photobombs, whatever, like, when all the media members gather for photo ops, whatever it's supposed to be. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm not a good media member. <laughs> I don't have a media pass, so I don't know these things. 
um, he represents the brand. So that that's going to be a huge thing for him because this is the first time where he is probably going to be the sole representative of the franchise at a huge NHL event. Yeah, and it's starting now, realistically, for him as the face of the franchise. 100%. Absolutely. The face of the franchise is now Matthew Right, and it was almost like that torch was passed in that game against Toronto. Yeah, I like the the analogy you're making there because with with the the hat trick, you could see the the, the slumped, gross look on Tavares's face. Like, well, well, I guess I picked the wrong team. Bleep, blop, bloop. Calculate goal percentages as I dance like the robot here in my basement. It was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Do you break that out at weddings? All the time. You know it very well. Big fan of the robot. Yeah. Also big fan of, of, of Psy. Big fan of a Gangnam Style at weddings. Gangnam Style at weddings. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But perfect for Barzell. 36 points now in 38 games. He is right on track. He actually had... This surprised me because I have his hockey reference page up. He actually has more ice time this year than he did last year, which is kind of surprising because I didn't think that... Earlier in the year, Barry Trotz wasn't playing him as much as he is now, so I thought that average would be a little bit lower because of that, but it's actually almost a minute more. Hmm. Well, that kind of makes sense, right? Like, they got to spread the minutes out a little bit more. You don't have the guy like Tavares to just kind of soak up a ton of minutes. Um, So I guess it kind of makes sense that he'd get a bunch now. Yeah, yeah. When you say it like that, it certainly makes sense. I know now it makes sense because he... There is no Tavares, but like earlier in the year, didn't it seem like he wasn't getting as much option? Like it was more Brock Nelson in that line than Barzal. Yeah, but I think that started to shift now that you see um, Barzal really start taking Absolutely. off. Where he, he's doing his like the small things right, like the line changes at the right time and so on and so forth. Which is perfect. That's exactly what you want to see as in a developing hockey player. Yeah. So. Mitch, he is not the only kid playing well, though. You have three other kids right now on the team. Well, four if you want to include Anthony Beauvillier. But I think the ones we want to hit on is Josh Osang, Michael Del Cole, and Devin Taze. All three of them having a role on this team right now is huge. Yeah, and they're having big roles on this team. Like, Hosang's playing top-line minutes with, like you said, the broccoli line. Um, Del Cole is playing maybe not big big minutes, but he's playing third-line minutes with Philip Lowe. Hopefully he gets back soon. And Komarov. Um, and Devin Tays is playing, you know, 90. He's playing more and more and more every night. He's had five games in the NHL now, and he's playing just under 20 minutes. Yeah, he's got a lot more ice time than most people do in their first three, four NHL games, right? Yeah. So And Barry Trust trusts him on the power play. He looks great out there, just a complete, a, a, like just a really good, solid player right now. The points aren't there, but again, his first four or five games in the NHL, as we said before, Barry Trotz likes to break down his defenseman to build him up again. I agree, and we've seen that a lot. So let's start. Let's start with Hosang, and then we'll go to Del Cole, and then we'll go to Taves. Starting with Hosang, as you mentioned, he is on the Brock Nelson line, playing on that top line. I know that he hasn't necessarily put up a ton of points with that line yet, but I think it's clear just by the eye test how well that line actually works together. 
Yeah, absolutely. You got the guy. The, the, the roles are clearly defined, whereas Hosang is going to lug the puck in. He's going to create some space. Uh, Durs is going to create space up front, cause havoc, uh, just give him hell kind of thing. He's also going to be a secondary option to create the play, and Brock is the finisher. And That's it. He's going to use that wrist shot to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that Hosang isn't he's not a center he's a right winger but it's almost like he is playing the role of the center because you usually think of them as the person who takes the puck into the zone and usually the shooter is the winger but it's kind of reversed with Brock Nelson and Hosang but I really like what I've seen from his game I know we don't really like the plus minus stat but if you do like it he is a positive too since he's been here I just think that he's a little bit more responsible on the ice, mm-hmm. he doesn't take as many risks. The turnover numbers are not nearly as bad as they were last year when he was here. He only has four giveaways in eight games. So, yeah, he was giving away. It was double that when he was here, right? He was giving away maybe a, once or 1.2 times per game, whereas now it's half per game. Um the big thing for him is he's still taking risk, but he's doing it in a high reward, a higher reward area where he's he's taking risks when it's time to take risks, and he's not taking risks when it's not time. Like when he's got three guys on him in the offensive zone, you're like, I'm not going to get out of this. I can beat one of these guys, maybe two, but I'm not going to yarmer yager my way out of this every time. No, abs- absolutely. And what I have liked is him getting more ice time. I mean, if you look at just his last five games, he went from 11.46, 13.43, up to 15.53, 16.37, 16.33. I think when he is playing with guys like Lee and guys like Brock Nelson over Komarov and Filipula, with all due respect to them, I think they are fine role players. But I think he is able to showcase his talents more with top six players as opposed to solid third line guys but I also think you have to give some credit to Filipula and Komarov in guiding him along becoming a complete forward if that makes sense yeah I think it's more of their influence on him as a professional mm-hmm. like from what we found out today his his arranger seating arrangements in the locker room are next to Filipula and, and Komarov and even on the plane for travel it's next to Komarov like he is firmly placed next to these guys, not to like inherit some sort of from osmosis way of playing the game, but it's more of how to become a professional. Because if there's anything that we know about Joshua saying is that his deficiencies, and I'm using air quotes here, um, when it came to playing hockey, was more so the off ice and more attitudinal. Uh, attitudinal. It's not a really a word, but more of a, an attitude problem where it's I want to do it my way. Well, when you're a professional, you don't always get to do it your way. you got to see it another way. And when you see it another way and when you can play as a collective, you're rewarded with greater rewards. Like you might get a few more points, but you're not winning games. So then you can't really win or put up points in the games that matter. That's true. That's a, that's a very good point. And I, I, I know he only has, like if you look at it, two points in eight games, that doesn't look great. But I've liked his game more this year than I did in his stint last year. And so does Barry Trotz. And look, Matthew Barzell, he went through a slump. I'm going to say a slump, but like he went through a period where he didn't score that many points, mm-hmm. right? Like he's got the period from November 5th, or I'm going to say, sorry, October 20th to November 5th, he scored five points. 
in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in eight games. That doesn't sound like a lot. That still sounds like a bunch, and you'd take that for a guy like Joshua saying, but for a guy like Matthew Barzell, that's not that's not what you expect. And even then, go another period here. From November 26th to December 6th, there's another six games there. One point. Not good. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to add in here, Mitch, when Jordan Eberle comes back from injury... Do you think Hosang deserves to stay on that top line? I want him to stay. I really want him to stay. And you can tell by my silence there that I don't, I'm not sure the answer. I, from what I've seen with the way that Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz act, they're going to give it to the veteran. They're going to, it's going to be, it's going to go back to Jordan Eberle and Del Cole probably goes down. Hosang stays up in, in Kunako's spot on the third line. Uh, I don't like that. But I would like to think that Hosang has earned it because Jordan Eberle has not been good this year. No, he hasn't, but he's making $6 million on an NHL contract. And I know you're rolling your eyes and everyone heard it listening to this audio medium. They heard you rolling your eyes, but like that's how they decided their opening 23-man roster. This, he said those exact words. Well, uh, we have a bunch of uh, contracts and NHL contracts, so we have to figure out what they got. That's my Lou voice. It's not a really good one, but I'm trying to do old. and. Well, he figured out what they got. They aren't as good as the guys who are making less money. No, but he's got he's got the pedigree of he put up 60 points in the NHL last year, 60, 59 points last year. He's put up 78 points, I think, is his highest ever in his second year in the NHL. Again, in the NHL, Joshua Zang has never done that. His best is, even if you average out his entire return over his entire NHL career, he's still like a 45-point player at best. True. And that's not saying he's going to be a 45-point player. It's just that's what he has done. And they're going to go with, what have you done for me lately? You've given me 45. This guy can give me 59. I'll go with the 59 guy. Plus, I'm paying him out anyways. And also, if he, if, if Jordan Eberle starts producing, you up his trade value. Yeah, I guess hook him next. Well, then at that case, I would want to hook him next to Barzell like last year. Yes, absolutely. Do that. Put Bailey back with Brock and, and Lee. Do it. I guess so. And then your third line is going back to Komarov, Filpula, and Hosang. Which is fine. Again, he's been riding shotgun with them the entire time. I'm fine with that. I I I am okay with Hosang doing more defensive work, but still getting his off- offensive opportunities. It, again, it's not like Dal Cole playing on the fourth line where you're out there ten minutes. These guys are still getting fifteen minutes a night, sometimes sixteen, seventeen minutes a night. And yes, they're playing more in the defensive zone, but they're also playing in the offensive zone and. He, he may not be getting those defensive zone starts yet, but he will eventually get them. Yes, I definitely agree with you there. All right, want to get into some Michael Del Cole now, moving along? <laughs> yeah, we spent a lot of time on We Josh did go Hosang. a little longer than I thought, but let's get into some Michael Del Cole right now. He Just, sorry, update before this. Team Canada's lost to Team Finland. My brother's been texting me. So Canada is not winning a medal at the World Junior Championships. Uh, so no medals for Noah Dobson. I'm very sad. I have to drink because I'm sad. Poor Canada. 
this, I don't I don't remember a time where this has happened. I'm sure it has. I know it has. I just don't remember what year. So this is sad. Sorry for all of Canada and Mitch Anderson. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, as for Michael Del Cole, he has pretty much taken over Josh Sang's role as the guy on the third line with Valtteri Filippola before he got hurt and Leo Komarov. And I got to tell you, I think he's done really well. The second go round, I. You know, I'm not a big Michael Del Cole guy, but I admit when I'm wrong, and I think he has played well since he's come back up. He's played well in so much as he's done what is asked of him, but you don't see that player that we were promised as a fifth overall pick in 2014. No. You don't see it. Like I think his, his ceiling is 40-point player, middle six player in the NHL. E. And maybe we're wrong, but like that's what I'm seeing right nah, now. Nah, I tend to agree with you. I think like maybe a solid third line player, which yeah. that's not really a good bang for your buck on your return of a fifth overall pick. But if you're getting that out of Del Cole, you're almost happy with it now because of where he looked like the last two years. Well, to be fair, look at the look at who they drafted in that that draft kind of period, where those four like top five picks that they selected. Nito Niederreiter, ain't here no more. Essentially, Cal Clutterbuck. That's, that's a firm fourth liner right there. Griffin Reinhardt, uh, he didn't do well for them, but the return they got for him was fantastic. Um, then you got Del Cole, and you got, or Ryan Strom, and then Del Cole. Ryan Strom, 30-point player at best. I don't know what he's doing right now in New York. I thought he was doing better, but like that's a 30-point player. Yeah, pretty much. So like he might even be the best player in those four for the Islanders in terms of his production on ice if he plays, continues to play with him. I think he might be a trade chip. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I really do. I like him on the third line. I do, but I just think at this point with the prospects they have and, and, then, and the way that they like to set up their team, they being Barry Trotz and, and, uh, and Lula Morello, I just don't see him having a bigger spot on this, on this team I don't, or even a spot. No, and I feel like we talked about this last week or the week before when I said that he was resurrecting his trade value by his play in the AHL. I think it's he can be, like you said, maybe a, like a 40-point player and be an okay middle six guy. The problem is the Islanders have so many wingers in their system, like Kiefer Bellows, who I would say, like, looking at both their guys' ceiling right now, we said that, okay, uh, we established that Del Cole's a 40-point player. I think there's a solid chance that Bellows is someone who can give you 25 to 30 goals at the NHL level. So I'd rather keep him around and move Del Cole. Yeah, I agree. You put him with... With Jordan Eberle and, and, and something else, and pick up yourself a nice, maybe top six winger, like a nice right winger up top, or another center. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I I might look for a center, but again, just yeah. some piece to add to that top six because let's face it, I mean the Islanders are in contention for a playoff spot right now. So if they can bolster that up, and maybe they go on a run earlier than people expected them to, which would be a huge shock, but hey, it's the NHL playoffs. Anything could happen if you make it. So you got to mm-hmm. do what you can to get there. And I think that MDC in a trade chip is the best option for the Islanders. Yeah. So clarification on Ryan Strom. He has nine points in 37 games. He's on pace for 20. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> I liked Ryan Strom when he first came up. Yep. 
I like he put up 50 points. How could you not like him? But then it just deteriorated right from there. So like, I hope he does well. Um, just not well enough because he's again playing for the Rangers. So screw him. That was some run from Garth Snow, huh? They went Nino in 2010, Stroman 11, Reinhardt in 12, Del Cole in 14. Yuck. Yeah, and Del Cole is the best one of them so far. Maybe not. Not sorry, he isn't yet because again, Reinstrom did put up 50 points in the NHL, and none of them have come close. Well, Nino has just on another. Yeah, team. Nino's been good just on another team. We just got. Cal Clutterbrook for it. Which, again, I like Cal, but not in a trade for that. Not in a trade for Nito. No, certainly not. I want to talk about your boy Devin Tays now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah. Show, let's show Tays some love, who has been very solid in, I think that would be the best way to describe it so far in his four NHL games. Doesn't have a point yet, but he has 18-27 a night. So, obviously, Barry is trusting him. And he's putting shots on net. He has seven shots in those four games. He's putting shots up, and again, he's playing on the power play. He's and he's getting a lot of power play time. Like he got a minute and a half, I think, the other night mm-hmm. against um, what you call it, Buffalo Sabers. Like that's a lot. That's a lot of power play time for a guy who's in his fourth NHL game ever. Yeah, I don't. Like, look at how long it took Matthew Barzell this year to get power play time. He had to earn it. Earlier this year, we always bring up the game, but he got, like, what, four seconds of power play time? That <laughs> I can't believe it. Yes, yes, but I can't believe it. Four seconds of power play time. Calder Trophy winner, future all-star. Um, four seconds. You, you with the Calder. Uh, back on the bench, please. And the only reason we bring oh, that up is because guys like Hal Clutterbuck were getting a minute and a half. Oh, it's so true. Oh, my God. Cal Clutterbuck a minute and a half on the power play. Uh, when everyone was healthy. That's not just like you have to deal with it. No, no. Everyone was still healthy. Oh, gross. Um, but with Taves, the, what do we do when everyone is healthy? When, oh. And by mean everyone, I mean Hickey comes oh. back. What happens? He stays. He has to. He has to, but then what do you do with the two other guys? Who are the two other guys? Pelic and Spiza? Pelic and Spiza. Pelic. I know you say, like, shoot Spiza in the, in the sun. I said maybe not so drastic, just buy him out. Um, but I don't think they're going to do that. You don't think they'd waive him? I don't think so. Maybe. No one will take him. So then, he, yeah, then he so goes he, to the AHL. Then you're on the hook for his salary, which is whatever, I guess, at this point. Who cares? It's not my money, so that's why I don't care. Maybe John Ledecky and Scott Malkin are like, Mom, if you were going to make that, don't wave him, please. You can't operate like that, though. They can, and they might. They might just sit, look, they might send him down to, the, to Bridgeport and say, look, we got everyone we need back. We were doing well, even without you. Uh, we'll send you back to Bridgeport, get you more game time, get you more. They're doing well. We're going to get you more game Taze time. or Spiza? Taves. I, how could you do that, though? If you have a 24-year-old who is producing and, and giving you something a lot better than Lucas Pisa, because they don't trust Lucas Pisa for 18 and a half minutes a night. I'll tell you that much. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I was hoping you, you'd give me the counter-argument of why would you send him to the AHL where he's already dominated? He showed you everything that he, or shown you everything he could give you at the AHL level. That's true. 
what else are you looking for at the NHL level from this guy? That's true. That's I got into not an argument, but a conversation with someone on Twitter about Otto Koivula with the same thing. It was like what someone someone else said that he wasn't ready. I said, well, what else do you want the guy to do at the AHL level? Well, to be fair, Koivula, this is Koivula's first season at the AHL. Yeah, that right? might not be the uh, the best comparison there, but with Taze, this would be Taze's like fourth a third, third AHL season. Be his third, yeah. Like the the guy did it year one, year one in the AHL, and you're like, this guy is already too good for this place. Year two continued, destroyed his shoulder, couldn't keep playing. Year three came back, started destroying the league like they were destroying his shoulder, yeah, or like they had destroyed his shoulder. And now he is serviceable in his first four games. I think he's been good. I think he's shown flashes yeah, of being that top four guy that we'd hoped he'd be. Exactly. He's going to get even better than that. Could you so that that pairing? I think a solid three four pairing is him and Scott Mayfield. So top pair Letty and, and Pulak. Although like Barry doesn't want to do that, it seems. Um, but a second pair of, of a more defensive minded player like Scott Mayfield, who still has some mobility, still has some offensive upside, uh, and is cheap on the cap at one point six mil. And then you got Devin Tays that could run the puck up the ice and create some more offense. I might go uh, Letty Boychuk, Hickey Pulak, and then Taze Mayfield. Sure. That, look, Taze is your third pairing guy? That's amazing. That's a great pairing. Yeah, I, I think because I feel like they feel more comfortable with the Letty Boychuk pairing. I mean, they've worked together forever. Yeah. Sure, keep them together. That's fine. I like Hickey and Pulak together. I think you get a pretty good balance there where Hickey's more the defensive guy with Pulak who will go up and be more offensive and the same thing except Taze is the offensive one and uh, Mayfield is the more stay at home guy yeah you're cycling left right left right in terms of your your more offensive minded mm-hmm. guys so I like it I, I definitely like it I'd like to have him up there in the rotation but then again having him at the third pair doesn't mean like you can only play him 14 minutes no, a night. No. no you can play him as much as you want exactly um but it's nice to see that this is what this is the rhetoric around a guy who's been in the NHL for all of ten minutes. Yeah, so got to give a lot of credit to Devontae's, who's looked pretty good. Yes, and like it just keeps on coming. You said with Koivula and Bodie Wild just got OHL Defenseman of the Month. Blade Jenkins just scored tonight, as I saw before we started recording with the Bodie Wild uh, assist. Like it just it just keeps on coming for the Isles. Yes, so they certainly have a ton of prospects so the future is looking pretty bright for those new york islanders all right mitch want to get into the trade market now as that starts to heat up as next month already is the trade deadline february 25th is the nhl trade deadline i thought it was the 26th for some reason i don't know why i thought that um but we've already seen three trades i'm gonna say so the edmonton oilers have made two trades to obviously questionable trades because, again, it's the Edmonton Oilers. They, they don't seem to know how to do any trades. Um, and the Ottawa Senators just traded with the Vancouver Canucks today. That They're playing each other. So, like, hey, you want to trade some players? Sure, yeah, why not? Right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's give you Anders Nielsen. will take your 35-year-old goalie. Whatever. All to say is that the Christmas trade freeze is obviously broken uh, or over. And it is now time to think about going into the trade deadline. And the Islanders need to think about this and form a strategy. And their strategy has to be to buy. They got to buy, but they can't rent. They cannot do a rental. That can't be the plan. 
Okay. So I know you wrote something today on specifically that. So mm-hmm. you want to get into that a little bit more uh, for what you had in the article? Yeah. Well, it, it really comes down to how much are you going to pay for a rental? Which the Islanders don't, they can make a run on the cup if they want, but they sh- that shouldn't be the focus. They're playing with house money right now. Don't strengthen to win the cup now. I say that like, ah, don't worry about the cup. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. But don't have a one-year view on how you're going to try to obtain the cup. Do so with a multi-year uh, uh, window. No. Don't bring a guy and say like, okay, we can win the cup with this guy this year. Okay, but could you also win the cup multiple years with another guy maybe? Maybe you should go that route. And if you're going to overspend in a trade to bring in a guy for multiple years, like a, let's say Tarasenko, I don't think that's on the table, but that, that's an option at least. You do that over bringing in a guy like Panarin this year. who's Who knows what he's going to do, but he's got a year left. And if you have no certainty of re-signing him, don't get him. Don't, don't give the first blue chip prospect and roster player you're probably going to have to give up to get him. Right. I think it would be a little bit of a different mindset if it was a year or two ago when you still had Tavares and the, the that core of players that we've seen turn over a little bit now where they had all those years of early picks but just never getting over the hump and going up to get that big winger for Tavares or any of the other slogans they've the ever Thomas had. The Thomas Vanek trade, you mean? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know what I mean, though. Ish. Yes. So. Yeah, I think last year would have been a better better chance for it, except we got Brandon Davidson. Yeah. So that that was the one time that uh, Edmonton actually fleeced somebody. How they got a third-round pick for Brandon Davidson is beyond me. <laughs> the three to five own goals that he scored on us. Uh, who else did we pick on the fourth liner? Chris Wagner. We sent Jason Chimera to Wagner, yes. We sent Chimera to Edmonton to Arizona. Or not Arizona. And there you I. go. Um. Yeah, if they're going to go and, and approach anything, they have to look to strengthen for multi-years. It doesn't mean that you can't go for Artemi Panarin, but, but if you're going to go for Panarin, you have to have at least some sort of idea that you're going to sign him again. Not just a, I hope we can. Uh, we have a pretty good idea that we can re-sign this, this player. Um, same thing for like Mark Stone, for example, or Matt Duchesne. If you go and get those guys at the trade deadline, the hope is that you can re-sign these guys multi with multi-year deals to keep them here for multiple years because if you're only getting them for february march april and may if you're getting them for four months that's not going to be a good return on the again first blue chip prospect and roster player you're going to have to give up for them true so do you have like i know you mentioned a couple people in, in passing but do you have like one name or maybe two names that you really want to key in on or it's just the overall arching theme you think should be buying and not just renting well that's the theme but do you have do you mean like are there yeah. players that like i you, that you think i want to like go when after? you wrote it did you have someone in mind who you're modeling it off of um no so the idea was really just don't rent buy um I, I, I was really trying to reference the fact of like, don't make a, a Martin Hansel trade, right? They gave up a first, a second, and a conditional fourth for him uh, and, and Ryan White, and they gave up something else anyways. Or a Rick Nash deal or a Paul Stassi deal when he went to Winnipeg. Don't do those trades because they didn't work out for those teams. They ain't going to work out for you. Um, with that being said, though, like it, it's possible to make that trade and make it work, but like... 
Tarasenko is the perfect is the perfect player to sink into. Can we get him? Probably not. No, at that point you would think probably not, right? Like everyone and their mother is going to be in on Tarasenko if he's available. So someone's going to over someone's going to pay more than you. You might have the pieces, like you have the, the blue chip prospects to make the deal work. It's just, do you want to give up that kind of future? Although I guess if it's Tarasenko, maybe that's a 70-point player and he's got five years left on his deal. Yeah. he's That's pretty damn he's, good. I feel like a rare option where you'd feel comfortable giving up a ton and maybe overpaying. Yeah, I suppose. I, I just don't know who else would be in a situation to overpay. Like, I, I, Let's bring up the standings. Let's bring up the NHL standings right now and see who's well out of a playoff position right now. The Ottawa Senators are well out of a playoff position right now. So yeah, that means Mark Stone, but these are UFAs. Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, gone, gone, probably. Although Mark Stone seems to be, he's now allowed to negotiate with the team. He seems to be willing to stay. St. Louis Blues, Los Angeles Kings, probably out of a playoff spot. Blues, we, we said Tarasenko. With the Kings, I'd be looking at Tyler Toffoli, personally. I don't know how much they want for him, if they're even willing to give him up. He's a 26-year-old. He's not that old. And then you got the Chicago Blackhawks, who've already made certain trades. They got no one that they're, they're willing to give up that's any mm-hmm. good, I think. And even if they are, it's like Brent Seabrook, uh, Duncan Keith on his last legs. Like... I don't want these guys. I love them. They're great players, but like now it's too late. Exactly. And so like, I'm not really sure like the Arizona coyotes maybe, but at this point they've traded off anyone with any value and they're really just trying to reevaluate who they actually brought in. So like now might not be the time. All, all fair points. All fair points, Mitch. So I'm not really sure who to target necessarily. Cause like, like I said, or maybe not like I said, but like I was applying, teams that are in playoff positions aren't going to trade big-name players, which is who we should be looking after. So it's teams that aren't in the playoffs. Maybe Detroit? Who the heck is on the Detroit Red Wings that we really need? Like A lot of these teams have, have a bunch of bad players on them. That's why they're in the positions Yeah, that's in. a really great point. Most teams are bad because they don't have good players. So you can't. it's not like you're going to go out there and trade for a good player necessarily. Unless you like call up Philadelphia and be like, "Hey, what's up on Shane Goss's behair?" or um, "What's up on Claude Giroux?" I guess like he's got to be pretty old. Sean now, too. Couturier maybe. Sean Couturier would be good. That's a center. That's true. Big tough guy could probably play in a defensive minded system like that Barry Trotz operates in. There you go. Or Florida, but like Florida isn't that far out. They're only six, seven points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand. Like, they're not really going to trade guys like, I don't know, Evgeny Dadunov. Is that even his first name? Maybe. I forget what his first name is. I think it's Evgeny. It sounded right when you went there, so I just rolled with it. (laughs) Let it ran up now. But they're not going to trade him. I don't think so, and if they do, it's going to be for a whole heck of a lot. It is Evgeny, just with two eyes. Ah. Old good old two eyes, good old double eyes. I think you're convincing me on this whole not renting thing. I think I agree with you. Now is not the time. I don't think ever is the time to rent. Never is the time. Now especially, but never, never rent. Why would you rent? What are you going to get? 
what team has rented a player and done really well because of that player? Uh, let's see. Did Washington rent anyone last year? If they did, it didn't. It wasn't consequential. That's for damn sure. Uh, no, Devontae Smith Pelly. Well, they resigned him, but he was he wasn't. He, they didn't bring him in that year. They brought him in the year before that. I'm pretty sure. And he wasn't a deadline acquisition either. Okay. Like he was an off season acquisition. He has two years with. Well, yeah, he's got two years with the uh, the Washington Capitals, and I'm pretty sure he came in. And, yeah, he has 75 games played with them last year, so he was acquired at the beginning of the season. All right, I don't know. So not a rental. No, you put me on the spot, Mitch. I got to come up with a rental. Like uh... exactly. So next week, come up with a good rental. Okay, that'll be my homework assignment. There you go. And you too, listener at home, think up of a good rental. I'm sure there's one, at least one. There's got to be one. A good rental. Don't just say like, oh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, when they won the cup, had rented Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey didn't win them the Stanley Cup. Let's be honest here. He did not win them the Stanley Cup. He was a bit player in that piece. But that was an HBK line special. And don't bring up Hagelin either. It's like, well, he was a rental. No, 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 no. They traded him for him at the beginning of the season. Different situation. Now he stayed too. And I don't even think he was... He stayed because he had a contract, so it's not even considered a rental. So, boom. Boom. I would drop my mic, except I have to use it for this on the next podcast. <laughs> All right, want to get into some social stuff? Yes, I, got, I have two things. What do you have? All right, so I'll, I'll start. On social media, on Twitter specifically, I saw a tweet. I'm not going to mention the guy's name because he deleted the tweet anyway, but he tweeted at... <laughs> Classic at Brendan Burke, and he essentially insinuated that MSG is force feeding uh, the women announcers to us. Oh my god! So Jesus Murphy, I just wanted to, and Brendan already put the guy in his place, but just for a second, and I don't want to harp on the idiocy that that guy said, but I want to talk about how good the Islanders broadcast actually it is. I think it's one of the yeah. better broadcasts, probably in the National League, but I watch most of the broadcast in New York. It's one of the best broadcast teams in the city. Brendan and, and Butchie are phenomenal together. Shannon Hogan's a great host. And AJ and uh, Jennifer. Jennifer Bonner. Yes. They are both, they both played the game at a high level. They won Olympic gold medals. They're, they played the game. They, they know. And I like the insight they provide between the benches. I think they all do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Do we not all remember Aaron Asham? Like, good player, good player, probably even better person, probably even better teammate. But on TV, the guy was as cold as ice. Like, he He's tried. He's a wet rag. He gave, yeah, he gave it his best. He gave it his best try. He just wasn't that great at it. That's fine. That happens. These women, these people, it doesn't matter that they're women. It really doesn't matter that they're women. It, it shouldn't matter that the women are phenomenal at this. They are fantastic. Do they slip up every now and again? Yeah, of course. We all do. We all slip up. Brendan Burke thought that uh, Leonard was in Nets and it was supposed to be Grice or vice versa. Whatever. That they're on live TV like two hours and they have to run up and down. What AJ and Jennifer and Shannon do? Going from like the where the players are, which is essentially the basement of the arena, to the where the studio is, which is really like the third or second level. That's a big that that's a long way to go. Yeah, they are moving around. I don't think people realize what goes into that. And listen, I'm not like a TV personality or anything like that, but I do work at a college where 
we do live radio broadcasts and we do live TV broadcasts. So I kind of know a little bit about like how crazy things get. So I can only imagine at the bigger scale what that what that's actually like. So it's a tough, it's a big pressure situation. And the fact that they make these minimal mistakes, it's not a big deal at all. I think they all do a great job and provide good insight. And again, in terms of like minimalistic, how minimal the mistakes are, so it's like they might like fluff a word or something instead of saying like zone entry they might say like yon entry oh whoops like we all do that don't focus on that because everything else is 100% amazing it doesn't matter I wanted to curse there like it doesn't like you're focusing on the wrong thing. Look at any any other broadcast, and they do the same mistakes. They do that. You just don't focus on it because it's a guy. That's not right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is a perfect broadcast. They're entertaining. They're insightful, and they're great at communicating what is happening on and off the ice. That's exactly what you want from a broadcast team. Be happy you have what you have. It could be a lot worse. It, Not even worse. It could be terrible, and it isn't. Exactly. So I wanted to bring that up, and I wanted to praise the MSG uh, crew because they all do, like I said, they do a great job, and I'm really happy that we have each and every one of those. Yes. Um, so mine was kind of on that. Um, where did I see this? Oh, yes. So Brendan was saying that uh, for the next game, I guess Butchie isn't going to be co- the color commentator. It's going to be AJ. Oh, yeah, because it's the uh, NBC, NBC game, game, so they'll do it together. That should be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Can't be, make, can't be making cauliflower jokes, though. I Although, I don't know. I don't know if she likes cauliflower or not. No, I'm not, I'm not sure if she does either. But I, I'm excited to see what she does, because I don't think I've ever heard her do um, color commentary before. No. Which, like, she does it between, the, like, when they go between the glass with them. Like, what have you seen? What do you think of the defense? What do you think of the offense? Yeah, so it's, has, it's different. That's more of, like, sideline called upon. reporter in a sense. It's a different role. So I, I know she does yeah. the, for NBC, obviously, but I just don't remember an instance where I've seen her do or heard her do uh, color commentary in, in the booth. And I'm, I think she'll do a good job. So I'm excited to see that as well. Guarantee it's going to be awesome. Um, do you have Do you have anything else? I have two more no, things. You can let it roll. So, one more is from at Isles RW. So most of these are obviously like they're from uh, Twitter because that's where we spend most of our life. Um, it's Isles World Warrior who says it's going to be really awkward for the people who love to say John Tavares didn't have any good teammates on the Isles when two of his former teammates are all stars this year and only one of his current teammates makes the team. Boom. Ooh. So that's in response to Barzal has definitely made the All-Star game. And Honors Lee is as a, as a, as a vote in for like you get to vote for the final player in every team. Mm-hmm. So if he could make it. Uh, and if he does, that's two of his former teammates, and only Austin Matthews has made the team. And Mitch Marner will not be making the will not be playing in the game. That's interesting. I like that. So or I, I think anyways, uh I'm gonna look it up now. No, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure it was just Tavares and Austin Matthews. Yeah, he wasn't named to the game, but I want to know who's in the last man ballot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is Morgan Riley. So it could be that Morgan Riley gets voted in. True. Technically speaking. 
And my last one is from at BCKT106, who's a Sean Khan on Twitter, who does these amazing paintings of Islanders players. Mm-hmm. He's working on one right now of uh, Thomas Grice. And it's just the outline. On, I, I, I don't know if it's pencil or pen. I, maybe not pen. Why would you do it in pen? Uh, in pencil. And it's, it is fantastic. And when the final product is always amazing. So make sure to follow him at, at BCKT106. Yeah, I really enjoy all of his work. He usually tags us in it, and I always love looking at it. Yeah, so I thought we should give a shout-out to that. Perfect. All right, so that sounds like a good way to wrap up the show. So before we get out of here, let's just get some plugs out of the way. So make sure that you are following us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. Also, my personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. You could also like our Facebook page at eyesoniles.com. No, at facebook.com slash eyesoniles. <laughs> Sorry, we have a lot of stuff to get to, and that always throws me off. You could go to the website. That's what's going next, at eyesoniles.com, where we have all your New York Islanders updates. Uh, wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review. All that fun stuff. It really helps with our searchability. And if you aren't already, please make sure to subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Mitch, episode number 72 in the books. Always a good time talking hockey with you. Yeah, it'll be great. Number 73 coming up, and I have no idea who wore that one either. We're going to look into that, and we'll get back to you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.